Hey all, welcome back to the Ambushed Podcast. This is number 40, and thank you for tuning in. If you are listening in the car, or while out on a run, or a walk, or at the gym, I appreciate you listening, so thank you. Whether you are a, a bleh, whether you are a long time or a new listener, cheers to you. I have a cup of tea, and I'm sitting here with my notes, and yeah, it's all good. Uh, so I haven't put one up in a little more than two weeks, and that's because I've been rewriting and rewriting and rewriting the outline for this one. I wanted to <laughs> keep the flow of it good, but then as I kept thinking about this over the past two weeks, just more stuff kept coming to me, and now it's it's just all good. It's all gravy, and it's a privilege that any of you would even take the time to listen to a goofball such as me. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And there's there's a few parts to this one. But just to give you a scope up front, I'm going to start with a story, two stories, and then a real old story, and then I'm going to come back around and talk about your story. So... As you're listening, you can keep track of where we're headed because, again, I'm going to tell two stories, then an old, old story, and then say a few things about your story. So, I understand that might have been repetitive, but sometimes repetition helps, right? (laughs) Uh, I think I'm going to call this one, You Are Wandering and It's Okay. And that means that this whole one is going to be devoted to the topic of wandering, about why it's hard, why it sucks, why there's this thing that we all go through. And it all starts with brunch. <laughs> you, you didn't see that coming, did you? Let me take a sip. Hold on. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I went out to brunch with someone, and it was fascinating sitting down and talking with them and and catching up, but um, he's in between things, and he's finishing up one season of life and about to try to figure out what's next, and it was really interesting listening to him, and I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but have you ever been out with someone and... They don't know how to tell you <laughs> that they don't know what they're going to do next. Uh, in the midst of this like hour of sitting there over a coffee, this guy, who's a really good friend, he's a great person, I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus, but he seemed to be telling the story of what he's up to right now. Um... A little better than the reality actually is. He had just finished doing some things and is about to head off to do something else, but he doesn't know what's next. And so is in right now, doesn't know how to answer the question, what are you up to? And in response to that question, what are you up to? Kept talking about all the things that he hoped to do or what he was going to do next, or what all his options were next. And I, that wasn't the question. 
The question was, what are you up to now? And in the midst of him trying to give this interpretation that things are looking up, things are always looking better, I leaned back in my seat and I thought to myself, huh, is he trying to convince me that he's not doing nothing? Or is he trying to convince himself that he's not doing nothing? You feel me? Because he was right in the middle of two things. What he was doing and then what he's going to be doing, which he doesn't know yet. And in the midst of all of that, I thought to myself, I felt a little sad. And then I had to snap back to reality and realize, oh, wait, I have totally done that too. So as I'm sitting there over brunch, in between the moments and in the silences, I stopped and I thought, oh, man, I totally have done tons of times what he just did of try to interpret that nothing that I'm doing right now uh, as something really, 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 really good and exciting. So I had to ask myself, was I trying to impress the other person in those, in, in those instances or was I actually trying to convince myself? So... I think I have to go and get a little raw to help bring this point out. As I know I've mentioned in the past, in 2015, I hiked the Appalachian Trail. I was supposed to go right to Princeton after that to work on a second master's. It didn't happen right away. I pushed it back until January, so I came in through mid-year. My plan was to hike and then to go get a second master's and then go and find another job. So I gave myself a sabbatical, hiked for seven months, recovered, because you need to recover for about a month and a half, and then I started school again. And in the midst of that, I was living on campus, and I decided, you know what, I need to, I think I'm ready, I'm going to go back. And... To my surprise, I was ready and willing and wanting to go back and work at a church. In part because it is my skill set. It's what I've been trained to do. And it sucked. It sucked so bad. And so for that first semester, I took all my coursework. But then that summer, I went back to the home that I grew up in and stayed in the apartment the upstairs apartment of my parents' place. And the whole time, uh, I was sending off application after application to different churches, dozens and dozens and dozens of churches, and none of them were coming back. And I would get some emails every so often or a letter that would say, thank you for applying, we're not interested. We're not interested we're not interested. We're not interested. And it became like a slow drain because I had all of this excitement. I had all of this. Yes, I just com- completed one of the biggest hikes 
in the entire U.S. I just went to an Ivy League school for a little bit. I'm still going to keep going. I thought life was on up and up. And in the midst of all of that, I had to keep telling myself a certain story. That, you know, it's okay. Things are looking up. Things are looking up. Things are looking up. I'm going to get a degree from Princeton. I'm going to start working in a really big church again. I'm going to be doing all these great things. And guess what? Nothing was happening. We're not interested. We're not interested. And so what happened for me is that I started that summer with a lot of excitement. And then the slow drain of being in between one season of life and another, that in-between stage just tore me down. And (laughs) it was interesting because it got to a, a point where I'll admit I was feeling angry at how so many people didn't seem interested in any of the talents or the things I had to offer. I was feeling incredibly defeated. I was getting so impatient over that whole summer. But then it came to a breaking point where I was in the kitchen and my parents, who are both saints, My mom came up and she knew I was off that day. And I ended up just breaking down crying in the kitchen. I did. And there's there's really no shame in that. But I broke down repeating the phrase, no one wants me, no one wants me. I had to have my my pride broken. But it wasn't necessarily broken by anything. I was broken by the nothingness of that in-between space. I was just left there lingering between one season of life and another. Between a past achievement and trying to figure figure out what my next achievement should be. I was crushed by the nothing of just sitting in that in-between And so in that moment, it's fascinating because as soon as that broke me, I think I became more free. I had to get some of that out. I had to stop interpreting life as always as as going from one success to another success to another success to another success. I had to stop interpreting that everything will always be pretty that everything will be glorious and a story worth telling. Well, this one doesn't seem glorious, but I think this is a story worth telling of my having been broken by that in-between phase. So, what about that? So let's go to the next part, an old, old story from the past. In the Hebrew Scriptures, There's the story of the Jewish people that were being enslaved by Pharaoh. And if you know this book, this is pretty much the entirety of the book of Exodus. It's the story of the Jewish people 
being liberated from being slaves under Pharaoh and then going out and guess what? Wandering for 40 years in a desert. What's brilliant to me is that the Hebrew scriptures give space to that space, to that space of being in between things, to that desert that exists between the one space that you used to be and the new space that you're headed towards. There's a whole book devoted to wandering in the desert. A whole book just recording the story of the in-between, the space between the chapters, you know, that that is just so profound. Because they had to go from being slaves to being wanderers before they could get to the next thing. They couldn't go from slaves into whatever's next. They had to go from slaves into an in-between space in the desert where nothing seemed like it was happening. So there's a few things that happen in that narrative, in the story in the Hebrew scriptures in Exodus. It says that they were wandering for 40 years. Now this might be a reference to the fact that back then your life expectancy was 40 and so it could be a way of saying everyone that went into the desert is not who came out of the desert. One generation went in and another one came out. You see that 40 years was 40 years that the Jewish people had to forget and remember. In some sense, they had to forget all of what they had been taught before about how to be slaves. They had to leave certain parts behind. And then in another sense, they had to remember who they really were deep within themselves. They had to forget that they were slaves in order to remember that they had inherent dignity that was deeper than their forced labor as slaves. And in fact, in Exodus, you can even see that the Ten Commandments, you, yes, you can see them as commandments, but you can also see them as the Jewish people had to remember what it was like to be human. And so the divine sends down Ten Commandments that remind them how to live in community with one another. Not as slaves, but as people once more. So I said something about <laughs> my story. And then I just now said something about an old, old story from the Hebrew Scriptures. So let's talk about your story. Are you in a space between places? Are you wandering through some sort of a desert where you sometimes catch yourself trying to interpret this current desert as a success or as, yes, we're headed towards something amazing and there's no frustration to it whatsoever? Or 
chances are many of us are feeling like we're between two places. We're not where we used to be, but we're not yet where we're going. And so the right now just sucks. Huh. There might be some of you who are listening that are currently being broken by not doing anything. That you feel lost or that you feel feel wandering. Sometimes, uh, this in-between space, this wandering, this desert that we each kind of go through, it's a good thing for us. Because these these in-between times, they're there to remind us that our humanity is not to be anchored in our titles or in our jobs. It's deeper than those things. And the desert exists to remind us of this. The in-between spaces that make us feel uncomfortable because we are not producing or getting on with our life's dream, uh, yeah, there, there might be a needed lesson in all of this. And so let me tell you, it's okay to be lost a little bit. It's totally fine. It's okay if you're wandering between one chapter and the next chapter of your life, between one season and another. And then guess what? You don't need to act like you know the way. In American culture, many of us are expected to know how to cope or deal with this in-between space. This in-between space that makes us feel restless. This in-between space that um, unfortunately makes us feel like we're not achieving anything. Yeah, you don't. It's okay if you don't know how to get out of that. But maybe there's something in the midst of all of this that you're supposed to learn. And so... It kind of goes back to why Why are you in this space in between? Why are you in this desert? Why are you in, this, in the midst of this wandering? Did you go to this space because you weren't allowed to grow in the last place? In, in the Hebrew scriptures, they were slaves. There was no upward movement. They weren't being treated with dignity, and so they left. Taking... They were following Moses, who was charged with the task of reminding them who they really are, of taking them out of their one slavery. Are you trying to move out of a space that was no longer caring about whether or not you grew or were growing? Are you in this desert because the last place you were in was unhealthy? Are you in this uncomfortable space because you just got out of a bad relationship or a bad business arrangement, and now you're kind of stuck wandering. It could be any of those things, and it could be all of them, or it could be something completely else. But the thing is, uh, there's a myth in the midst of all of this that needs to be broken, that needs to be shattered. And that's what I needed to have shattered that day that I broke down in the kitchen. 
You see, there's a myth that says that the desert is bad. That this in-between space that you find yourself, it's a sign of failure. Because we're supposed to go from success to success to success. And we're never supposed to have any downtime or go through any type of uh, experience or phase that that teaches us something away from everyone else. There's, there's a myth that says this in-between time where you're not achieving anything and it seems like you're not getting ahead in life, that it's useless. But, but that's the good news here is that, but that's all a myth. This in-between space isn't useless. It's not bad and it's not a sign of failure on your part. Because the good news is that the desert is, it's vital. It's necessary. In fact, it's even good. It's trying to teach you something. You're in this space and in this place. You're wandering or lost because there's something here to learn. And that's not anything glorious. I'm not trying to say that it won't suck, that it won't won't tear you down, that it won't necessarily bring you to a breaking point it may have to do that but that's where the the learning happens and so if you're in one of these in-between spaces um don't do what i did is that i i came home from princeton thinking that i could immediately find a job and and the jewish people they wanted to get out of slavery and then quickly get on to the next thing. But the temptation in the midst of this, the temptation of the in-between space, is that we want to rush it. And we want to interpret it a little too positively. And all of that leads us to not really respect this in-between space, this wandering, this desert wandering. And so let me encourage you, um, own it. Yeah, if you're in the middle of, of wandering, just own it. And, and don't do... What the guy at the coffee shop did and try to sell it like it's amazing or that it's always on the up and up or that things are just fantastic because you might be trying to convince yourself that you're not struggling and it's okay to struggle. It totally is. So own this season and admit that it's uncomfortable. Admit to yourself that it is throwing your rhythm off. But you know what? Maybe your rhythm was off all along. And so really this is putting you back in rhythm. And this is one of the hardest things. If you are in an in-between space between one success and another, between one phase of life and another, one season and another, revere this in-between Treat it as holy because this in-between space exists 
for you to forget certain things about yourself, about others, about God. And this space exists for you to remember other things about yourself, about others, and about God. You see, um, the desert exists for the sake of Teshuva and Metanayao, which I understand you may not know what those words are. So go back and listen to some earlier podcasts because I, I have one on each of those. The word Teshuva is the Hebrew word that means return to your original very goodness. Return. The in-between spaces are times of teshuva, of returning to your original goodness that maybe you forgot. And maybe this time exists for metanaeo, which is the Greek word for to change your mind. Maybe this time exists because you need to change the way you think about things. Maybe it's not just a return to your original goodness, just like the Hebrew people had to remember who they were before they were slaves, maybe you need to change your mind about the way you think and about how you relate to everything. Hmm. So let me tell you, The good news, I guess, is that this wandering that you feel like you're doing right now, it's here to help you to forget. It's here to um, help you remember. And so take this time and learn from it. And if it needs to wrestle you to the ground and bruise your pride a little bit so that you can then get blessed by this rough and terrible experience that's uncomfortable and maybe makes you feel insecure because you don't feel like you're getting anything on with your life. (laughs) This sounds so crazy. Uh, Revere this season. Treat it as holy. This is your exodus from one place into another. In fact, this may need to be an exodus of one way of looking at yourself and others and God into a new way of looking at yourself and others and God. Maybe who you were coming into this time of in-between is not who needs to come out of this season of in-between. Maybe the person that went into this time, into this season, needs to die so that a new person can come out of it. And I think that's the brilliance of the Hebrew scriptures, is that they have a whole book devoted to the exodus, to the in-between, to the desert wandering. And we don't want to admit that those are some of the most fertile times where we grow and learn and are broken in like a deep and sacramental and a holy way.
the in-between, it can really suck. (laughs) I've said that so many times, but I've been there. And I had this one way of looking at myself and of at others and at God. And it was a machine that just kept going and kept going until it rusted over and just had to be broken. So that a better way could make itself known. And if I look back, um, I wish I could pull that one guy aside and ask him again from brunch. What are you up to now? And when he would dive into uh, telling all the things that he's trying to get done, what he wants to do, what he's looking forward to next, I would slow him down and ask him, what is this in-between time teaching you? What are you learning about yourself, about others, about God? What what in this in-between time that's uncomfortable, where you're not achieving anything, or you're, it doesn't feel like you're getting ahead in your life's goals, how is this time bringing you back to your original goodness? How is this time changing the way you think? Because I'm... I'm utterly convinced that, yes, not, all, and not everything in life is going to be great, but everything that happens to us in life can be wrestled, can be choke-holded into being for our benefit. And that does not diminish that things are, can be hard. I'm not saying that. But everything that we go through can be our teacher, even the times when we are wandering in a desert. So I have to tell you, on that day when I (laughs) broke down crying, uh, it was really difficult. I was exhausted. And it was really a hard thing to recognize that there were a lot of churches that really didn't want me. That was a really hard thing for me to swallow. But you know what happened is... I confessed the real narrative instead of trying to interpret it good and good and good and good and always looking up for me. And instead, I said, okay, okay. This isn't rolling out like how I thought. And then one of the most beautiful things happened. I went downstairs (laughs) and my parents uh, made dinner for me. So Ron and Marty, uh, you two are saints. You have set a really high bar for what it means to be parents. And I probably won't live up to it, but I'll try. There is, there is a grace. And there is a goodness. And there is an unconditional love that loves us even in the midst of our desert wanderings when we aren't looking pretty, when we don't know what's next. I'm convinced that the Hebrew scriptures are pointing us towards this deep, 
deep, uh, reverent hum in everything. This uh, deep and profound holiness that tells us there is more to this life. There's more to our desert wanderings than we think. And so if you're in the midst of one, just own it. Revere it. Treat it as holy, even though it's hard. And ask yourself what this time is trying to tell you to forget, what it's trying to tell you to remember, how it's trying to return you to your original very goodness and how this time is actually helping you change your mind in the ways that it needs to. So let me finish with a benediction. Thank you for listening. Um, I wrote this out, like I said, like five or six times and I, I can only hope that it was good enough to actually stir any of you in the ways that you needed. So may you, the listener, my beloved and the beloved of others and of God, may you come to see your in-between space. May you come to find your current desert wandering as holy May you come to see that this season has a purpose and its purpose may be that it needs to break you. May you own your being broken so that something new and more beautiful and more whole can come out of this desert wandering time. And in the midst of all of it, may you come to see that there is a deep and abiding love that at the bottom of everything, once you've broken and cried it all out, once you've admitted the reality that's in front of you, may you come to find that there is a love that is constant and is always holding you. May you be blessed. Mm. That was a good one. Thank you for listening. And uh, I hope this means something good to you. So we'll catch you next time. Grace and peace and all good things be to you, my beloved.